0: Des's Island Discs on RTE Radio 1. Hello there, my name is Des Cahal. Welcome along to the island where today's guest, telling the story behind their musical memories, is a Dublin businessman who's built a hugely successful profile with guerrilla marketing and his YouTube videos. It's a pleasure to welcome Michael Flynn, but he's better known to you as Mattress Mick. And Mick, I love your story. So take us back to the beginning. You grew up in, in Pear Street in Dublin...
1: Yes, I did. Uh, My grandfather, who was also Michael Flynn, uh, took a shop or bought a shop in Peirce Street in 1922. And his family, which would be my father and his sisters, lived in the house and they ran the shop. There was no hall door to the house, so the hall door to the house was through the shop. It was very interesting. Now, they had a very successful drapery business and what we would call a fisherman's outfitters. They used to sell a lot of these... Yellow waders and all, right, yeah. all that to the fishermen. My grandfather did. It went very, very well. And when he passed on, my father took over the business. My father worked in the business, but he actually took it over. Yeah. And he had met my mother. My mother came from a publican family on the quays. They had a pub called Smith's just down in Sir John Rogerson's Quay. So I imagine my mum and dad met. Somewhere in Western (laughs) Row. I don't know, but somewhere in that area. So they got married, and when they got married, they moved out to Churchtown. So I lived in Churchtown for a couple of years. For some reason, I don't know the reason, my mum and dad decided to sell the house in Churchtown and move in to live in Pier Street. So myself, my brother and two sisters, Mary and Catherine, and Brian, my brother, moved into Pier Street. It was a bit of a culture shock, because in Churchtown, you had a lot of wide space. It was countryside then I suppose wasn't it? It was yeah. near enough, yeah. We you were at uh, the edge
0: of the city. Kind yeah
1: of and there was plenty of green fields, it was near De La Salle school and they had a big playing field and whatever. Yeah. But when we moved into Peer Street I just found it very strange because it was small, there was no amenities yeah. and Peer Street didn't have the greatest of reputations I went to Sing Street uh, school which I used to get the bus then from Westland Row up to mm. Sing Street and during those early years when I was in Sing Street, I thoroughly enjoyed my time in Sing Street, but we started going out. And the address, the Peer Street address stood against me in many ways. Did it? Yeah, because rugby clubs and the tennis clubs were holding weekly dances. Yeah. And to get in, you had to be a member. So you had to, you got a little membership card. And there was one, there was Temple Lawn Tennis Club, there was CUS in Leeson Street, there was other ones. And every time I went to put my name down on the application form, I was denied a membership. Because of Pier Street. Street. Well, that's what I think. Yeah, that was, was all my other friends who lived in Rat Mines, Ratgar and whatever, got in. I eventually got over that, uh, but it was a bit of a stigma. Peer Street today is a totally different Peer Street than it was. Wait, then. What was it like then? Well, to me, there was nothing wrong with it, but people perceived it to be, I think, an undesirable area. Mm. And I hope nobody living in Peirce Street is offended by my by my remarks now. But it, no, you're just
0: telling it as you found it. That's yeah what it
1: is. And the Pierce but Street you had was,
0: good neighbours and
1: oh yeah, we love Street. We never had any problem in Pierce Street. We were never broken into in Peirce Street. The shop was never vandalised. Yeah, yeah. There was nothing. So we had a good journey there. But when I left school, um, I left did my leaving cert. I also had trouble getting a job. Peirce Street, no, no, no. Seriously? I was trying, to, yeah, and that was a bit difficult to take. Yeah. But I was very fortunate. I made an application to a bank, a bank called the Royal Trust Company, and the MD there, Brian Doyle, who's still alive, and very, very friendly with myself still, uh, gave me an interview and gave me the job. And I was chuffed. <laughs> like, this guy... He had faith in he you. He had faith in me. Yeah. He believed in me. Uh, he liked what he saw.
0: And what, what did you do in the bank?
1: Well, I went in as in the to be an office boy as such. Yeah. Uh, I was only left school young man. And... I eventually ended up being a money dealer, buying and selling money on Did the you? money markets. Yeah. And it was a great, great experience. And it was my first real insight into buying and selling. You know, were
0: you good at it? Yeah, very good. Very, very good. You would have made good money, I would have thought, if you were good at that.
1: Well, we were buying we were buying and selling money for other individuals. Yeah. You know, it wasn't my it was own your money. money. <laughs> yeah, it wasn't my own money. But it gave me an insight into trading. Yeah. And my family were traders, sole traders. So it kind of connected with me. Um, I stayed in the bank for approximately five years and I became very good friends and made a lot of friends. And I started going to Davy Burns Pub around the corner. We were in Dawson Street, by the way, the bank was. And I just got to like the feel of town. But I also wanted to be my own boss. My father died when I was 18 Right, mm. And the shop had been run by my mother. So I said, look it, I'll go into the business. I'll go in and I'll work in the shop. The drapery business was dying because pennies and duns had opened up in the city centre. The traditional drapery store... Couldn't was, compete. Couldn't compete. Yeah. So what I did was I introduced furniture. And I also was very lucky to get a air gas agency. It's a new bottle gas company that was born around that time. I started delivering gas... Around the city and I had three radio controlled vans. Now we didn't have mobile phones then. Mm-hmm. So I had three the base station was in the shop in Pier Street and I had three vans out and people would ring in and we delivered the gas
0: to them. Was it successful? Yeah.
1: Was it was fantastic. Yeah. I became actually one year I was the number one air gas dealer in Dublin, selling superstar heaters and bottle
0: gas. That's who we though yeah. yeah, yeah. Now <laughs> Uh, Every, everyone had a superstar back in the in the 70s. Or, they did, yeah. It was
1: the way it was done. Yeah. Another very interesting thing, I took a stall in the Dandelion Market. I don't know if anybody remember the Dandelion Market. And uh, I took a stall in that at the weekends selling costume jewellery. And I'd worked there on a Saturday and a Sunday. And in fact, the band U2 used to play in the... It was in That's the right, old yeah, Taylor Factory yeah. in Stephen's Green. They would play in the entrance
0: I don't, do you remember the alleyway, yeah, also, yeah. Well, the legend of them playing, rather. Than, yeah. but I, I often went to the Dandelion Market. This costume jewellery now was it any good? No. <laughs>
1: <laughs> but I, I got a good break. Dana had won the Eurovision. 1970. Yeah, yeah. and she came into the uh, Dandelion Market. Did she? And she came over to my stall. Okay. And was there a photographer there or anything? Yes, okay. I was delighted with that. That was a great <laughs> bit of publicity.
0: Well, publicity is your thing and we'll chat we'll yeah. about that. But let's get your first musical choice. Uh, Mattress Mick is our guest today, Michael Flynn. And your first musical choice, it actually concerns your dad.
1: Yeah, the song is a sa- song called Danny Boy. When we were living in pier Street, my father loved that song. I can remember sitting around the fire. I remember him singing it. and Because RTE hadn't been born mm-hmm. and we, the way the families entertained themselves at that time I remember, I remember him singing it and he wasn't a great singer <laughs> but he got the he got through it he was enthusiastic and it's a song that has always uh, has great memories for me and I think for also all my family my brothers and sisters and, as well and the image in your head is what now sitting around the fire my father um, sitting in the armchair and he'd sing Danny Boy now not every night mind you but every or if you got a couple of jars <laughs> he do it you know but uh, it was a good time and it was great to hear it. and when I hear Danny Boy immediately my thoughts go back to my dad is Island Discs on RTE Radio 1
0: That's Danny Boy the choice of today's guest Dublin businessman Michael Flynn uh, Mattress Mick now going back to your life story so you're now a successful gas dealer and you have yeah. a furniture shop
1: that's right I opened two or three other furniture shops. The things went very well, and he had a, what they call like a market, a series of different shops in Docklands, yeah. and I got a space in that, and that was fantastic. It did very well. And what work. did you
0: call the stores? Sorry, Flint's Oh, just Flins. Flins, yeah, yeah, yeah,
1: just right. What I did then was I made a couple of mistakes. I diversified. I opened a Mace branded store in Ringsend, and it was the kind of like the first open shelved store in Ringsend and it did very very well before that they were all like counter service yes. or whatever but we went in with the Mace brand and we put it in there and it was it took off it was really great like a mini supermarket it was it yeah. was a mini It was a mini supermarket yeah. I can always remember the orange sh- type shelves and we had them all stocked out and people could pick off and then we had but there was no barcoding or anything like that at that time it was all into the till yeah So it was going very, very well. And then I opened a second one in Pier Street. So I had two of them going, plus my furniture furniture stores. But I did, and I do admit, take my eye off the ball. Leeson Street and the nightclubs were beginning to happen. I started to enjoy myself and I did lose control a little bit. And as a result of that, I got myself into a bit of bother. I had bought a house in Sandymount. It's just, say, a couple of years before I opened the Mace yeah. store. And my mum was in that and my sister Mary and uh, myself, we lived in that house. When I got into trouble, it was only in the grocery end of things I got into trouble. I approached all my suppliers, all the people I owed money to, and said, look, I'm prepared to sell my house, provided you're right off the debt. Give me a settlement. Yeah. So I did that. Did you lose the house? Yeah. That was tough. It was tough, Yeah. It was, but it was something that I had to do. It was a mistake, it was my fault. But and how did your mother feel about it, Mick? Unfortunately, my mother had passed away prior to that. And I don't think I would have sold it had she not died. So my sister Mary, who has also since passed away Mm. quite recently, moved into a rented house in Clontarf. But it was had to do it had to happen. And it was probably one of the best things that happened to us because we got out of that business and we could continue to the business. Yeah. yeah, So I got a lease uh, through a little bit of good luck in the Northside Shopping Centre in coolock I took a lease there and I was there for 26 years as Northside Furniture. All right. I tra- changed the yeah. name because yeah. Flynn's was gone. Yes, yeah. So I had one there. I had one in the Donomede Shopping Centre. But what happened then was in 08, yeah. 09, things went wrong. A crash, obviously, crash. Yeah, yeah. And it affected... Big ticket items like what I was selling. We had a big unit up in the north side. It was a good size unit. It did very well over the year, over the twenty six years, and I held on too long. I put all my own money that I had in reserve into it because I didn't want to give up. Yeah. Uh, I didn't want to go through another mm. disaster. Yeah. But anyway, eventually I had no choice but to liquidate, cleaned up everything again,
0: and and is this where their second song came in? You need that needed mental strength. I'm thinking, it, you know, to keep going. It did. There was two songs
1: in my life prior to that that meant a lot to me for that reason. One was Let It Be because it's a great song, great melody. John and Paul John Lennon and Paul McCartney do a great job with it. And to me, it just registered something in my brain. Whatever happens, happens. And let it be was my answer to that one.
0: That's the Beatles and Let It Be, the choice of mattress maker guest today talking about the development of his business and, and, and that's, so that's the second kind of crash has come along so you, you were very stoic to be able to say let it be because a lot of people would have been a bit crushed by that experience
1: Yes I did and I came back in a different way I was much more knowledgeable I had a great knowledge of the furniture business sure. and I realised that there was nobody in Dublin or in Ireland in fact there was no dedicated bed shop so I said what was I selling more of in my north side furniture business was beds and bedroom furniture. So I still had a warehouse in Kulak. So I opened that as Mattress Mick. How I arrived at the name Mattress yeah. Mick was... That's what was we
0: all want to know, this <laughs> whole programme.
1: <laughs> yeah. I was really down. I had no money, very little money. I was very fortunate that I came across a friend of mine called Paul Kelly, who was also down at the time. Now, Paul had great experience in videos and digital stuff. But I knew nothing about it. So he had his problems, I had mine. So I told him what I wanted to do. So we played around with a few names and we came up with the Mattress Mick. We had Mattress Michael, Mike's Mattresses, but Mattress Mick seemed to have yeah. a ring about it. Yeah. And we decided that I would take that name and use that name. Now, three options. I could use me, an actor or a cartoon, but I was the cheapest to use. And I have the, you know, the long hair and I looked a little bit different and whatever. So... We started what we call a guerrilla marketing campaign, what I call, called, and I got posters made with uh, my hand standing out as the poster that people know. I put it everywhere, everywhere around Dublin. I didn't care. Was God. it you personally or did you get people oh, to no, put it around? I did it myself. No money. I had to do it myself. And the suppliers that I was dealing with in the Northside Furniture, most of them supported me. Some of them didn't. And now they're regretting it because we're doing very, very well now. <laughs> But the ones who trusted you
0: yeah, and backed you yeah,
1: me are now benefit benefiting big yeah. time um, because we are or have achieved
0: a certain amount of success. Great. Um, now, can I point you, so go on, now, have, have you made your first YouTube video at this stage? Yeah, we put up the posters yeah. and
1: we also went on social media by doing the videos and we did them in the shop. Stupid, unrehearsed videos. <laughs> I would just stand in front of the camera, Paul would take the camera and we just do it. Yeah. They're all over there on YouTube. If anybody ever wants to look at, I was
0: just going to say, we were looking at them at home last night, right? Yeah. My wife and I. Like, I don't how many different ones there. You've got. Can I? T- I'm talking to the listeners here. You've got to go on YouTube and look at the mattress make ads. The success of them and some, the number of hits they've had. Yeah. Some of them have been tremendous, haven't they? And but every youngster knows you as well. Yes. Uh, <laughs> like Stephen Fry. Yes. Stephen Fry, who you know everyone in Ireland loves. I think yeah. he has that warmth. He was on a visit to Dublin and he tweeted I've got to meet Mattress Mick I think we'd
1: have a lot to talk about. I know, he saw a poster of myself in the, at the Five Lamps and this was a great poster I put up. It was a big 8 by 8 poster. There was an empty sign there and I tried to find out who the owner was but couldn't. So I just put the sign up anyway and within 24 hours the owner found me. Yeah, <laughs> see. And we've, we've since become friends. His name is also Flynn yeah. but we still, we've still become friends and Stephen saw the poster tweeted about it and that put me into a different league altogether that was a great bit of luck
0: well Hard. it was it was luck because the name caught his attention that's right yeah that's and, right. and you had come up with that yeah and I offered him a mattress but he hasn't taken it up yet <laughs> <laughs> so the YouTube they're zany they're um, they're based on some of them are based on movies. They're little mini films, aren't they?
1: They are indeed, yeah. And as I said a moment
0: ago, the You're taking really the mickey first. a bit though, yeah. out of yourself, aren't you? Yeah. yeah.
1: But that's my character. That's Michael Flynn being Mattress Mick. You know, like we're the one. You are the one, are yeah. you? Yeah. And this is a great opportunity for me to put myself out there as what I really am. Yeah. We also then, there was a documentary done about us. Mattress Men. Mattress Men. Yeah. And that happened by chance in our store in Pier Street. This film company moved in a couple of doors down and they, they came in and we spent a bit of time talking. So they started filming, but the thing took wheels. People requested me to go to various events. I'd enjoy that and they'd follow us around. Give us
0: an example of the events you'd be asked Weddings, to go to. Believe it or not. And what would you do at the wedding?
1: Well on just one that comes to mind straight yeah. away way is the bride thought I was an amazing guy, right? Yeah. And the groom approached me to come out to the white top table and surprised the bride. As Mattress Mick. As Mattress Mick. Okay. And they went <laughs> mad. It was very, very funny. Very, very funny. i have been at a christening, believe it or not. And lots of 21st parties and lots of other events like that.
0: But the documentary The documentary showed one clip you are in, I think it was Sandy Cove, Dart Station. Oh, yes. Was that Bloomsday or whatever? Bloomsday, yeah. yes.
1: I'm very much involved with
0: Bloomsday with, with uh, Peter Caviston. How are you? In, um, in glass, I know, yeah. Peter, yeah, yeah, glass, you know Peter. Yeah, yeah. But but women on the other side of the on the other platform, yeah. there's matches me I know they were all dressed up going out <laughs> yeah. to Bloomsday yeah. We were coming back. Yeah. But that happens quite
1: frequently, and with that kind of uh, recognition, recognition. Yeah. And even when I go into town, into the city centre, uh, I get a lot of people come up to me. We had another very good video back with a bang. I don't know if you saw that. Yeah. One. I saw them all. Uh, back with a Bang. And I get people coming up and it's a, it's a song. like I'm back. Oh, yeah, yes. Yeah, your, uh, yeah. your rap song, it did.
0: Yeah. There was a lot of effort when they did that one,
1: actually. Yes, we paid for that one, though. And kids come up to me,
0: they start singing Back with a Bang. <laughs> <laughs> but these have had two quarters of a million hits on YouTube I and know. all this. It's, uh, it's great. But And then Richie Kavanagh did the the Mattress Mick.
1: The Mattress Mick song. Yeah. Richie came to me and... Uh, he liked he liked what he saw. He saw some of my videos, and he asked me could he write a song. And we went down the country and did it. Yeah. And it was super. And then he did one in the shop as well.
0: Do you know the chorus of it? The cor- it's about, it's advice from the mother. I I don't remember the air. Uh,
1: <laughs> don't ask me to sing it. it but
0: the two things you, you need <laughs> in life are a good shoes and a good bed. Because that right, yeah. if That's you're not in one, you're in the other. Yeah. So Richard uh, did a great job with that song. See, this is
1: fun, but ultimately
0: it it has it established your business again, didn't it?
1: Yes, it did. The whole idea was to sell mattresses. People trust me because they hear me on the radio, they see me on TV or whatever it might be. So they feel confident in buying from us.
0: If someone just came into the country and saw all these zany YouTube videos where you're dressed as some of the characters from movies and all, they'd go, is that a trustworthy guy but you, are, you clearly are. You're liked. You have a likeability. But does it, that's not enough. You need the trust element as well, don't you? You need the trust
1: element. And I think I consider myself something like a little mini Michael O'Leary. Like, he does it in a different way. I do it my way. But I really just want to sell mattresses. <laughs> and honestly, and I sell Irish-made mattresses, I'm very conscious to promote Irish products. Ireland has been good to me now. It was all, always good to me, but I made a few mistakes. Yeah. And I constantly... Constantly train my staff and I visit the factories and I learn about it. So, I, we're very knowledgeable people when you come into Biomatters into our stores.
0: But are people expecting you to be there when they go in? Is that a pressure They're on you? They're
1: surprised that I'm there. They're actually surprised. But what I did was I got all these cardboard cutouts made of myself. Yeah, see, and I have them all over the place. So, when they come into the shop, <laughs> they think to see
0: you over there yeah, in the car. But
1: no, they are surprised. And a lot of people don't even believe at this stage that I exist. All our vans are branded with my picture on it, people come up and take photographs. The drivers tell me it's unreal. Oh, you're not Mattress Mick. Oh, where is it? <laughs> <You know? laughs> but the whole idea was to sell mattresses, to be a successful businessman. And um, I feel I'm not there yet. And what I have done is I've registered Mattress Mick as a trademark. And I cannot, I don't want any more shops myself. I have enough. But I want to expand the brand. And I'm doing it by offering other retailers a licence To trade as mattress make
0: Go away Yeah And so we've Has anyone taken it? Pardon? Are people taking it? Oh yeah Oh yeah
1: We've got uh, two up and running At the moment I'm very selective Who I want to give it to Yes I get a lot of people Asking me And I have a a licence And all I do is I I vet them I learn about them And I I make up my mind But I'm in discussions With a couple of people At the moment And I have one guy Very interested in the UK Very interested Would you be interested In expanding? Oh absolutely Yeah Absolutely
0: would you have to go over and do your guerrilla marketing over
1: there? Well, it wouldn't be guerrilla marketing over there. I'd have to go and make appearances. Yeah. But one of the big things we did in the guerrilla marketing, we got this man and we dressed him up as a mattress. He went uh, around.
0: Yeah, to I yeah, I saw that.
1: Yeah. But we went everywhere at him. And he was a big hit in the film. In fact, I think he made the documentary. <laughs> that's the kind of stuff I liked and I would love to do that in London when we when the uh, film was being premiered we went to Toronto when Mattress Men it was being premiered said, it, it,
0: it was a very successful film I should point out there was a serious side to it as well. you know it wasn't all
1: it was it got yeah, an award as yeah, well yeah but we brought the Mattress Men to Toronto the Mattress Man to Toronto and we were ra- walking around the streets of Toronto dressed as Mattress Mick it's very 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 funny
0: and they loved it the people loved it most people can't believe you've achieved what you've achieved that way but it's extraordinary congratulations to you on doing it it's, it's fantastic I know,
1: yeah, but it's been a great fun a great journey but the one thing I will say is I did have a failure like I had two business failures but I'm not a failure I failed but I'm not a failure yeah. this is my motto and I love going to colleges and schools which I'm invited to quite frequently, to give talks and to give young people encouragement Mm. to follow their dreams, not to be led, to have tunnel vision as to what they want to achieve. And I love getting that message across. And if one guy or one girl gets anything out of my talks, it means an awful lot to me. And also lately, I've been asked to do a lot of, the other way we're in lockdown Mm. and there's no graduations, well, I've been doing videos for the schools. Very good. Yeah. Like, again, giving this point about encouragement and don't be afraid to fail. And it means an awful lot to me. It really does, and I love it.
0: And it suggests that your final musical choice, The monkeys, is is I'm related to that. I'm a believer.
1: Yeah. Great song. Yeah, I believe in myself. The words, I'm a believer, mean something to me. And I always thought The monkeys were great. They gave me a lot of happiness in the, night, in the late 60s. To me, I'm a believer says it all.
0: That's a good way to finish. On the story of Michael Flynn, Mattress Mick, Thanks, William. I've enjoyed your company. Thanks very much for chatting with us, Mike.
1: Okay, thank you very, very much for having me. Des's Island
0: Discs on RTE Radio 1.